Welcome to How to Have Fun at Work. My name is Lynn Parker and I spent years doing something I was good at, but not having any fun. Then one of my clients told me women aren't funny. So I created Funny Women and the rest is history. In this podcast, I talk to guests from both comedy and business. They have a lot more in common than you would ever imagine. As we age, we slow down, or that's what the media and marketeers would have us believe. Old equals analogue and archaic. Youth is digital and fast-paced. Yet reality dictates that many of us will work beyond retirement age, either out of necessity or passion. So surely we should be melding the best of all generations. For 60-ish women like me, it's a challenge to appear focused and current, let alone visible. And I'll admit, it's not fun pitching for work and gigs only to be passed over for younger people. To discuss this, I have two absolutely brilliant 60-ish guests who straddle either side of this age milestone, just, and the worlds of creativity and comedy. Welcome, Jane Evans and Charmian Hughes. Hello, both of you. Hello. (laughs) So lovely to have both of you here. Um, Now, I'm at risk of taking up half the podcast with my intros, but I really do think it's worth it because both of you have got such incredible backgrounds. So... With age comes experience, so strap in. Okay, first up is Jane Evans, creative director, author, activist, speaker. Jane started her advertising career in 1982 and was the first female creative to work at London hotshop Ligas Delaney. In her early career, she launched Microsoft Word version 1 in the UK, and that was in 1983. A few years on, and she was headhunted out to Australia, where she had a stellar career, winning awards and ending up as regional creative director for J. Walter Thompson. Then she opened her own agency, called appropriately Giant Leap. Uh, Her first client was a small brewery who believed in the craft beer brand that she created, and James Squire Beer is now the biggest craft beer brand in Australia. In 2001, her small independent agency was the 19th most awarded in the South Pacific region. When she became a single mum, she scaled back her business and spent the next 10 years specialising in creating craft beer brands before moving her family back to the UK. She took some time off to study, that was storytelling for the screen at the National Film and Television School and at BAFTA. Then Jane discovered that only 3% of the world's creative directors were women, so she started the Uninvisibility Movement in 2019 to change the societal narrative that renders midlife women invisible. Now, Jane, that is quite (laughs) quite a career. The time coding on that is interesting. Uh, You've recently launched Visible Start. So Visible Start is basically training midlife women to get into digital media where there are massive skill shortages. So we just trained 100 women. Um, We've just today, I think, got our 17th woman employed. Um, And, um, you know, every week we're getting another woman employed. We're hoping to have 32 women employed by in the next few weeks. That's amazing. And obviously a great outcome of something very positive. So moving on, my second guest, equally fantastic Charmian Hughes, who started stand-up comedy in her late 20s, motherhood in her 40s, 
and international touring in her 60s. Yay! (laughs) She began her working life in the advertising industry parallels Uh, but after her triumphant thrush remedy slogan offended the client instead of delighting them she found herself catapulted into the world of stand-up comedy now Charmian has clocked up three decades of performing comedy in venues as varied as the comedy store the houses of parliament and hmp wormwood scrubs she's a festival veteran i hope you don't mind me using that word having taken to the stage at the glastonbury festival the dublin comedy festival the silly laughs festival the melbourne comedy festival and the new zealand fringe where she actually got stuck in 2020 in lockdown undeterred Charmian's taking her 10th show to the Edinburgh Fringe this summer, inspired by the 1965 Hammer Horror film She, can't wait, uh, where she explores ideas around age, sexiness, time and memory. Wow, Charmian, that sounds amazing. And how do you feel about going back to Edinburgh? Um, I'm excited, but I'm nervous. (laughs) Uh, That creeping dread of being invisible is, uh, <laughs> is back not after again. this not after this we're going to be promoting you jane will be rooting oh. for you <laughs> right now full disclosure here i'm 65 and so is charmian we're both about to collect our pensions yeah um and i think that uh, are we okay to say jane that you're nearing that milestone you, you have great plans. I'm just for... about to get my bus pass, yes. Yes. I'm, I'm yeah. just about to get my bus pass, yeah. yes. Now, the, yep. the yeah, so we're all 60-ish. Um, and do you know what? Our generation is one of absolute game-changing women. We've stood up for our rights. We've burnt our bras. We've banned the bomb and controlled our reproduction. So, Jane, let me come to you first. Why are we still invisible? Um, because for thousands of years, there has been, there has never been women like us before. And so, you know, previously, once a woman was no longer fertile, there was no further use for her. So she was supposed to disappear off into the, into the woods. Um, you know, now we're going to live to a 90 or a hundred, yeah. um, you know, all of a sudden 60 is not near the end of our life. It's near the middle of our life. And, you know, we, we've got to redesign society's whole narrative on this. And it's a massive narrative that needs to change but most of all it needs needs us to get up and go here we are aren't we fucking amazing yeah we are um Charmin, you said that you're nervous about being invisible uh, at, at things like edinburgh fringe how does that manifest itself for you because um, you're I, not because I, you're not thank you um <laughs> i think uh what happens is that audiences don't have a problem with how old people are Um, uh, and they will laugh at what's funny. But often a promoter or even the person who's passing out your flyers, you're paying 20 quid an hour, will come back and say, I gave all the flyers to the old people. And I think, (laughs) why? Because if I was an old person, which I am, I quite like watching a young person. And young people quite like watching old people. So it's not the experience of older people that's the problem. It's the whole kind of industry that makes us invisible, who aren't actually there to enjoy us, but who are there just to manage it. Yeah, and and our fate is in their hands. I mean, I've been to your shows and the audiences are 
completely diverse and varied in terms of age. I mean, you know, it's not just for old people. <laughs> and actually, they'd rather go and watch the tattoo anyway, you know, when we're talking about Edinburgh. Yeah. Yes. Jane, I uh, saw you in action recently and I loved watching you talk so powerfully about your uninvisibility uh, campaign and seeing the uncomfortable shuffling uh, of young, mainly gentlemen, um, who were watching you um, and the lack of eye contact. It was it was compelling and it was fantastic. Um, And just tell me how that felt feels for you every time you go and do your call out. Uh, every time I give a speech, I am mobbed afterwards by young women saying I had them in tears, which always really surprises me yeah. because I always think my speeches are quite funny. So to actually <laughs> hear that their reaction was was tears is really quite upsetting. <laughs> um, but in that particular speech, I was calling out those guys. Yeah, uh, it was it was, you know, it, it was absolutely aimed at them. Because, you know, the point of that speech was it doesn't matter how much legislation we have, we don't it doesn't matter how much freaking childcare there is put in place. A creative woman's career is purely dependent on the people above them nurturing and recognizing and encouraging their talent and you know if a if a man and, and you know in, in advertising 83 percent of men are creative 83 percent of creative directors are male so you know it was like if they can't prove that they have encouraged nurtured and promoted female tra- talent then they are not part of the problem they are the problem yeah yeah it's like and, and I'm, I'm i'm fed up of pussyfooting around it i'm fed up of women being blamed for the circumstances that they find themselves in i'm fed up of being told that there's a shortage of freaking talent and that midlife women creative women don't <laughs> exist um and you know and i'm fed up of, of just some nobody actually pointing out sorry but unless you can come up to me and, pro- and show me at least three women's careers that you have nurtured then you know you're the problem and i'm not mm. interested in you and i i think there are huge parallels with what's going on in the creative industries um so, so broadly, advertising, marketing, um, production, as there is in in the world of comedy. And I have been, you know, Funny Women is twenty this year. I thought I'd be in and out in five years, but we're still going. And um, Charmin, I, I, I think are the gatekeepers still mailing comedy? Because I think some of them are. I think that they mainly are, and this may not sound like a very fair thing to say, but I think that sometimes it comes down to like a small time male promoter. It's whether they fancy oh, yeah. the woman yeah. and it's whether yeah. they think they're up for a chance. And with the yeah. guys, it's all, we're part of the same club. It's, it's all great. blokes. Yeah. It's all blokes together, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also something they find a bit scary mm. about the older woman that she's seen like a, a kind of moral person who's going to tell them off observe witness their behavior and which we are of course though (laughs) old bat old interfering bats so it does come down to that um but at the same time i think truly uh true lovers of comedy uh wouldn't really have that as a consideration 
it's the same as an audience of advertising. And in fact, you know, it was like we women over the age of 50 are the most powerful consumer group on the planet. Yes. And, you know, and, and, and you know, we buy 50% of everything, not because we're rich, but because we buy for everybody. Um, and, we, we, you know, you put an ad with a midlife woman on it and it was like, women will cry. Again, they'll cry. Oh, my God, I never seen myself before. You know, it's like so rare that anybody will actually talk to us. So, again, there's this disconnect with, with what people are, are, are looking for and what, the, as you say, the gatekeepers are keeping from us, keeping from them. That's right. Well, I, I think that certainly if you look at the world of comedy specifically, which does mirror the creative industry, um, you know, if you look at a 50-year-old carry-on film, for example, which we're all at a, of our age group familiar. I, I'm always sending young, sending young women to look at them because I say, you'll be horrified because that is the world. That's the world we grew up in, you know, with that, Barbara Windsor's bra pinging off and, you know, salacious titillation going on behind the scenes that world is now not allowed to happen but this thing that Charmian said about male promoters still sadly is going on and I don't know if there's a casting couch thing still whether there even one exists in the world of um, advertising um, uh, I maybe it's not even a conscious thing I don't think they are necessarily thinking if I if I uh, employ this woman, I'll get off with her. It's a completely subliminal, yeah. evolutionary imperative <laughs> going on um, of, that's yeah. contributing <laughs> to that choice. But you know, they're good. They're good women comics. Um, yeah. But they are then excluding people that are not in that category. Maybe. Uh, and, maybe. And in advertising. There has always been young, young women in the creative department. Mm. It mm. was just they don't get past thirty, and you know, and, and it's so easy to say, or oh, they don't get past thirty because of childbirth, and it's so easy to say they don't get past forty because of menopause. But that's not the reason we don't get past thirty. Is because ultimately a subjective opinion is made by somebody, and hi- they are hiring on who they want to go to the pub with on a Friday night. Yeah. I think they really right, are. They're, they're hiring who they want to hang yeah. out with um, instead of, you know, what is fair, what is right. And also what will make their work better because diverse voices bring in so many diverse, you know, I am so bored of seeing ads written by men i am so bored of seeing films you know written about men it was like you know if i had seen one more you know man with father issues in a film i think i'm going to scream (laughs) there's so much great stuff that is being done by you know creative midlife women it was like we've got to open up this scene just to save us from boredom if nothing else Mm. and at the time of recording we've just had the news about the tv baftas And there's an incredibly diverse and rich uh, seam of women uh, coming through on on, in craft awards as well, um, uh, which is brilliant because I think we need more women behind the scenes. We need camera women. We need sound technicians. It you know we need engineers. Uh, You know if you look at the whole, I mean one thing I have done in terms with uh, starting up the Hilarious campaign, which is my very 
much more uh, less powerful in terms that it's just comedy but it's it's about getting more women who uh, write and perform and develop comedy to marry up with the creative industry i mean we can we can cast and film and produce loads of brilliant stuff for the advertising industry if people will take us seriously uh, we have a network of the greatest female creatives in in the industry all award winners all all around, um, we've been working, trying to work with agencies for two years. We have not had a single oh. commission from an advertising agency. Not one. Well, not one. We, we're going to change What's that. Up? This is How to Have Fun at Work with Lynn Parker, the founder of Funny Women. To find out how to have fun in your workplace, visit www.herlarious.co.uk. So I want to talk a bit about our first jobs. And I uh, started my career in the late 1970s in magazines. And it was it was a bit like Ugly Betty, Devil Wears Prada, you know, very similar, very sexist. Um, but it was at the feet of older women that I learned so much. And I used to make a point as a young woman in my early 20s of befriending the sort of older doyens of of the of the magazine world, and I learned so much. So, and these and these women were were fearless. You know, they they were the ones that I wanted to be like. So, um, uh, Charmian, what was your first? You went into advertising to start with, didn't you? I did. I I had a job before that as a messenger after I left oh. university in an engineering company, where I got stuck for about two or three years, oh. um, and that was very very male oil industry dominated um, company uh, and it was a job where I didn't realise what a fantastic thing it was to just be wandering around London in the sunshine or rain with my thoughts to myself, picking up visas from the Libyan embassy, it was all quite stimulating um, but because I was so focused on I've got to have a really good status in case I run into someone from school and and say something brilliant that I'm doing. Um, I didn't really appreciate it. And then I went into recruitment advertising as a copywriter. Um, that was very male. They had, there was one other female copywriter, probably in her 50s, and she was, as you say, she was, she was in a little kind of like cubbyhole all on her own, sort of cobwebby little room, <laughs> squirrelling away. Um, everything else was quite brash. And I got overlooked quite a few times and got very depressed by that mm. um, because they had another more glamorous wing of product advertising. Um, and so I did evening classes in clowning just to meet some new friends because I just felt oh. so sad. And um, that's how I kind of got into comedy. That's um, brilliant. I love that. I love the story about your um, naughty bit of copy. I thought that was fantastic. About my what? Sorry, your your naughty bit of copy that you oh, wrote. Oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I also I made a film for um, that very remedy for uh, to train chemists, pharmacists to recognise when a woman was trying to say she had thrush, but she was too embarrassed. And um, I wrote the script that was set in a 1920s black and white silent film environment of great drama 
Um, but I don't know if it ever saw the light. We made it, but I don't. I, never I, I think we should bring it back. Yeah. What, what, what do you reckon, Jane? <laughs> I reckon so. Let's do it. Let's do it. Class piano music. <laughs> <laughs> My husband, you know, cast out of the family home because of her, her affliction. Uh, Jane. Jane, I want to talk about, um, I call it FOMO. I've got this thing, you know, fear of missing out. But I realise that I often turn things down now because I don't want to go there and have to run the gamut of being an older woman in a room. I, I mean, I've never felt like that. I've always been fairly confident. I don't know if it's been locked down and coming out of it. But I now don't want to, I kind of feel like I've had enough of the fight. So I then don't go to things and then I sit around at home feeling like I'm missing out. So, you know, what, what's your top tips on how to do? I mean, you're out there, Jane, you're out there. You're good at this sort of thing. Uh, look, I think first of all, is that, and you and I are the same, we are not doing this for us. We're doing it for everybody. We're mm. doing it for all midlife women. So, yeah, I'm an introvert too. It was like, you know, it was. it's amazing how many people who shout. I mean, I yeah. am so happy by myself. It was like, you know, but, and it does take an effort to get out of the door. But what gets me out of the door is this isn't just about me. This is this is about every woman. And, and, it, and it becomes purpose in the end. Mm. Um, but also, you know, and, and you saw it from the reaction of the speech last week. I mean, I, I'm telling these people they've never, things they've never heard before. You know, I mean, they, you know, the reaction to that speech was was amazing because seriously, I mean, these are people, they get, you know, I'm sorry, the guy that had been on before, I mean, I've heard him do that speech. I've seen him do workshops over and over again. It was like, you know, come on, mate, it's boring. Can't you say something new? It was like, you know, you just, um, and so, you know, I come in and I, I'm, I'm actually giving news to these people. Um and nobody's giving this news anywhere. So, you know, I, I just feel as though it's a duty that I have to get out there and, and I've got to spread this message. Mm. And, you know, and it's imperative that it's done now because, you know, every day we lose, you know, we, another woman retires in poverty. Every day another woman retires in poverty. Yeah. That's and true. so, you know, if we don't if we don't hurry up and get these women employed, get other alternatives for them to change the narrative and the attitude, you know, we're losing them. And it's going to cost us all in the end. It is. Um, Charmian, age equals wisdom and experience. So, you know, now you're as an older performer with 10 Edinburgh fringes under your belt. You know, what would you offer to anyone trying to sell themselves to um, in, the, in, our, in, the, in the world of comedy specifically? Well, in the world of, co of comedy, I think definitely to always represent your own experience. Don't try and be someone else or think... Yeah you know, I'm not valid, I'm going, there, there's nothing worse, I mean, you see more men doing it than some guy on stage who's 60 talking about his girlfriend and smoking a <laughs> joint. You see it, you see that it. That is so true, isn't yeah. it, as well? They're I all mean, trying to be something they're not, they're I trying to be cool. get away with that. No, um, no, that's a really, really good point, actually. And I think that it's, I really enjoy talking about how old I am in a very exaggerated way to my audience, kind of scaring the shit out of them, <laughs> but making them laugh. But I saw Debbie Harry a couple of weeks ago. Oh, oh she's age, amazing. She was an example of talk. She very much owns her age. She's 76. I know. And She's 10 years older than us. Yeah. But everything she does actually has a kind of darker angle. When she's singing her 
her songs don't feel like kind of inappropriate. They feel more dark, more sinister um, by owning her age. She's, I mean, it's cliche. She's a god by goddess. I mean, she's kind of transcended all that. She and is, she's she's a goddess beyond yeah. yes. judgment. And yeah. that's what I feel about comedy. I feel I have permission to say whatever I want to say um, because I've got nothing to lose. I think as we get older as well, we care less. I mean, yeah. I, I know I said, talked about FOMO, but that's about it. I don't care really what other people think to me, really. <laughs> Do you, I, I, Jane? I, I don't think it's, I don't care what people think. I just don't care what everybody thinks. <laughs> you, know, just, I, you know, yeah, of course I care what, what, what people close to me think. They know who I am. It was like, you know, a complete stranger. Mm. Oh, get lost, get stuffed. I really don't give a, I, I really don't. And, and also, I think the thing is, is, you know, after a while, you know, you're in your truth. You know you're on the right side of history. You know you're in, you know, you know you're standing. You know your words, what you're saying. You've got absolute, complete conviction between every single thing that comes out of your mouth. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not going to pussyfoot around you. I'm not going to make anything to make you feel better. Yeah, I think that's what scares people, though. I think I, I absolutely agree with you. But I think a lot of it's back to what Charmian said about the old crone, you know, dishing out our wisdom, whereas a man can get away with being a wise old silver fox. It's much harder, I think, to be seen in that role as a woman. And I don't know why it is, because it's got to change. It really has got to change. You're listening to How to Have Fun at Work, brought to you by Funny Women and Hilarious. So let's talk about women creating content for women. And I, I am gonna I am gonna dare to mention, because I'm I'm sure people will still remember it, that recent Samsung ad of the uh woman uh running through the streets of London in the dark with her headphones on. Now, Jane, I think you had the stats on that, didn't you? Wasn't it an all-male? It, 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 it was actually, um, um, it's not London, it's actually um, um, somewhere in South America, uh, Buenos Aires, I think. Um, and it was a completely male team, um, except for the executive producer. So <laughs> executive creative director, creative directors, writers, director, everybody except for the executive producer were male. It, it may have been it may have been made in South America, but it's been shown all over the world. <laughs> it's been shown over the world, and 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 it wouldn't be shown here without the agency here, you know, give somebody approving it and putting it on air without uh, uh, w- without it going through the process of, of 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 things being checked either. So you know, it, it's 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 absolutely extraordinary that you know that something so tone deaf. You know, every woman that looks at it, they thought it was a they, they thought it was a horror story. They were actually waiting for it to be attacked. Yes, yes. Um, you know, it was like it does um, exactly. Because, yeah, but it was just like, do you actually have you? Has any of you actually listened to any woman since Sarah Everard? At least, you know, it was like, come on, you know, do you remember Sarah Everard? You know, it was like, have you actually heard anything that we have said since about the safety of women? Uh, it was like how that can get through the approval processes, yeah. how it can get through, you know, all of the checks that an, avatar, uh, that an ad has to go through is beyond me. Well, I think there are similar parallels in the world of comedy. There's a lot of stuff that goes on in clubs that Shami and I have both seen that you just think, did they really say that, you know? I mean, I don't know if you've got any particular examples, Shamian, but um, there was cer- there's certainly been 
many incidences where something so inappropriate has been said. Um, and so how do we how do we get over that? How do we make other than us doing our routines and moaning about it and whatever? How do we make employers, bookers, producers uh, carry on Jane's mission of making people feel uncomfortable, you know, get the, the bum clenching, foot shuffling thing going. I think I've done that with funny women. I, I feel like we have done that. I, I, and I, but unfortunately, we're still doing it. So, um, Charmian, any thoughts on that? Um, I'm not sure what we can do except keep being visible because we're caught in that double whammy that if you actually address it, you are the kind of sour grapes person in the dressing yes. room. Yeah. Um, and I've addressed things in the past. Um, many years ago, I challenged, a, I was comparing and I challenged a comic um, who said something a bit insulting about me. And I, it, I was really scared doing it in the dressing room. It felt such a big thing uh, to say, that wasn't okay you saying that. And Can you was, remember what he said? Yeah, well, what happened was he is a, a very funny person. He was, for some extraordinary reason, dying on his ass because he was being very uh. confrontational. And somebody shouted out, bring back the woman, which was me. And he said, I don't think she's ever been called a woman before. And um, and it's quite, it's quite, quite a horrible feeling when someone says, so I challenged him and... It, it was. I had to really hold my position, and he's going. It's a joke, Charlie. You meant to be a comedian. It's a joke, and to Ugh. feel that I'm not the kind of the grass or the sneak, it was really horrible. But then he did apologise through someone else a few days later. I had another thing at um, the Glastonbury Festival, which I, I've compared a bit. When I was doing a set. This is a few years ago, and lots of important people in the audience, you know, who I wanted to impress, who were bookers. Uh, I was doing my set. I was completely prepared. I also had my very young 10-month-old baby with me. It had been quite a sort of exhausting weekend. I was just to go about to go on stage, and the compare, Malcolm Hardy, who everyone sees as good old guy and everything, he went on stage and he said, the next act, it's really weird. She's got the really, she's got this really beautiful baby, but it's really surprising when you look at the parents. And oh. as I walked on, it was just, I've, from oh being, I'm a comedian, I'm empowered. I was on the edge of crying. It was so painful to me. It was, oh. like, at the time, you know, you're quite vulnerable after you've had a baby. I felt <laughs> yeah. really, really in pain. And as a result, I, I got distracted I, I was meant to do half an hour. It became it compacted into about 16 minutes. The guy running the, the comedy stage went, you know, you let everybody down. And I was saying, your compare was drunk and insulting. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. Because he, he was a man and yeah. quite well and, known. And it didn't and matter. All that, all that mattered was the product, the comedy mm. thing. And somebody had to fill in. And kind of, I sort of understand that. And now I would... I have I have a thing about you know preparing for a gig. I you know go through it in my mind in a playful and joyful way, but also I have really strict boundaries about who talks to me because mm. you do get people just the randoms coming up and going. Oh, I hope you're going to be funny, and 
that just reinforces any self-doubt you have anywhere yeah. in your and, mind. And they wouldn't say that to a young no. a young male comedian. They would and, not say that. And they probably don't mean it's but they're just thinking something clever I, to say. I think there is a sort of reflex action that, that society has it's endemic. They sit they see a woman past I don't know, even midlife is what, forty five up? Yeah. I don't know. I mean I've yeah, I've lost track. Uh, I still we, think I'm in midlife. It. Yeah, we know, define it. We define it. We define it as between forty-five and seventy. Okay. So forty-five being the end of fertility, and seventy being the end of our careers. So, right. okay. Yeah. Well, for some people, hopefully, a few of us will carry yeah. on working. You know, um, yeah. but I do think it is a sort of cultural reflex action because people don't know how to deal. And when we started this chat, you said, Jane. Um, this is the first generation, really, or the last couple, of, you know, where where we've seen women. But I, but again, I'll challenge that. If you look at the last two world wars, older women oh. were running the country. Oh yeah. Know? Oh, my yeah. grandmother. My grandmother is actually the reason why I got into advertising, um, because my grandmother. We don't know what my grandmother did in the war. Um, she actually had dementia in 1975 when she could tell us. Um, I hope to God that she's the Mrs. E. Evans, Mrs. Eileen Evans, that was in Bletchford Park, and I would <laughs> we suspect that she was. Um, but she was absolutely furious after the war. She was absolutely furious after the war, and she blamed it on Unilever and she blamed it on advertising. Because basically what happened after the war was all of the men came back and wanted to get their jobs back. And mm. so there was a job to get women back into the, into, the, into the kitchen. And so they created a new enemy, which was germs. Now, previously <laughs> to that, the word germ was actually only used by biologists and doctors, and it was a very technical term. So these very clever women who had been manning the advertising agencies created the new enemy based very, very very closely on the old one. Oh, um, that's, wow. that is amazing. So she is one of the reasons why I got into advertising was because she was absolutely freaking furious that they mm. were all sent back into the kitchen. Um, you know, but, you know, when, when, when we, you know, you know, when I say we're the first generation, we're the first generation with rights. We were all yeah, there in 19... 19- exactly. And we have, our, we have the vote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, when, I, but again, you know, my grandmother, if she had a job, even if she'd had the great job, she would have had to have given it up when she when she got married. Mm, she was mm. not allowed to open up her own bank account. So, you know, we are the first generation that came into the workforce en masse and could stay there. So, uh, mad, so sorry, mad women, not mad men, you know, it's, it's, oh, it's uh, yeah. Prior to prior to the 1950s, um, advertising, copywriting, and art direction was actually seen as a woman's job. It wasn't mm. until television came in and there was real money in it that the men started to want to get into the creative department because there was real money in television advertising. Previously, when it was a few posters and a bit like that, I'll give that to the girls; they can do that flowery stuff. Mm. And it was very much women advertising to women. Um, you know, now nowadays, you know, it's 83% of men advertising to you know 95% of purchases are by women but 83% of ads are created by men it makes no freaking sense at all no. it actually made a lot more sense back then Charmian you want to say come in I was just going to say that I was really shocked um, to see that it was only in 1965 that the Married Women's Property Act was passed yeah. 
And in yeah. 1964, your wages belonged to your husband. It's just so, everything belonged to your husband, yeah. you know. And, and if you didn't have a husband, you were persona non grata. You know, you weren't anyone. Um, you know, and, and people I mean, don't realise how how recent all of this is. It is that's very why, recent. You know, that's yeah. why you know I start my speech by getting everybody just to sing Bohemian Rhapsody, <laughs> because all of a sudden, you know, and you go, what happened on the day that became number one? And they get sit there going, I don't know. And you go, equal opportunity. The Queen signed equal opportunity into law, and they, you know, you can actually see them almost fall over because yeah, in their brilliant. mind, in it's their such... mind, it's so so long ago. But they can sing yeah. every word of Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah. so it's not that long ago. That's why I send them all to watch the Carry On movies because that, nothing personifies that better to me than just watching those. You know, every. Every cultural no-no happens in those films, you know, and they were, went on right into the 80s and they were still very sexist. So I think, you know, I, I think we all three of us want to get that message out, how much the world has changed and respect our generation for having lived through some of this, survived it and been agents for change you know and we are and we can still be agents for change and we we still need to talk to younger men and women and non-binary about what it was like for us trying to get going in our careers but also you know we're the generation that created pop culture it was like pop culture yes. didn't come in until the 60s yeah. Yeah. so you know this this idea that women that have had their careers in pop culture all of a sudden one day going yeah. you know what well, i'm staying here i'm staying in 1987 i'm yeah. not moving that guys do it was like you know a bit more they're like you know well, oh no there's been no good music since the fucker <laughs> seagulls um you know but you know when we've been in popular culture you know we still you know i know every single piece of gossip that's going on i know what's going on around in the world it was yeah. like i know what music well i think we're i think we're interested in, you know there. i know what shows are out there yeah, and I think we, we're interested in, if you look at um, sort of Carnaby Street and Bieber and all those things, I, I think we've all got daughters, haven't we? Have we all got daughters? Yeah, so my daughter is gets annoyed with me because I'll say, oh, I used to have one of those. Why haven't you still got it? <laughs> well, because I gave it away 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you were talking about Debbie Harry, I mean, and being a goddess. Um I think my daughter and I equally think she's amazing. There's no age divide on that. It's just pure, it's the pure talent side of it. So, you know, I love, I love all the retro stuff. I know, Charmian, you're quite into retro and, and, and do quite a lot. Charmian at her shows always has kind of nice little props and bits and pieces. I don't know if you're still doing that. but Trying to reduce the props. Oh, okay. That's a shame. <laughs> a bit. <laughs> that carrying around i can't resist it whenever i've worked with uh, a director who's just said no, just the stand-up's great you know let's see the show and then i arrive with some suitcase and she's going so what's this and i, <laughs> I thought i'd bring some props <laughs> well i like your props <laughs> i like a good prop <laughs> we love a good prop um i'm um, sadly we've got to bring this to a close so um i want to end by saying that you know what um we're 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 still uh, we're still vibrant this is what funny women look like they look like us whatever our age um laugh you know particularly in the creative industry laugh with us not at us you know join in with us you'll find out so much about us if you listen to people like jane 
come and watch shows by people like Charmian. You know, honestly, there's so much for you to learn and you do not have to squeeze your bum in discomfort. <laughs> well, maybe you should. I think Jane likes doing that. Um, there are no limits for us other than the ones that are imposed on us. And I, I, I think that's my statement on this. Do you want to add to that, either of you? I think for me, and particularly in my industry, what I plead is, is, is you know, for, for representation of us, we're observed instead of leading our own narrative. Mm. Please, God, let us lead our own narrative because what you create is stereotypical. It's boring. You're not telling us anything we don't know. And, you know, I always say, you know, the, the, the woman that my 20 and 23-year-old daughters would describe versus the woman that my best friends would describe is completely different person. Uh, it was like, you know, let those women, let, let the women, you know, let us hear let the narrative be led by us and our friends, mm. not our, not not younger people's view of who we are or what we should be. Well said, Charmian. I agree. Let us tell our own stories. Um, and you look back to when we were talking about the sixties earlier. And Ursula Andress is a particular interest to me at the moment. You know, she plays all these powerful, sexual, and ancient women. But you know, she was never allowed to use her own voice. She was oh my dumped. goodness! Her own accent was seen as 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 just shocking, shocking. Yeah, yeah. that is shocking. Really shocking. Right now, um, where can we find you? Me? Well, I've got a show called "She: Immortal Horror Queen's Guide to Life," which is based on Ursula Andress playing the two thousand year old queen <laughs> and uh, her incarnations, her love, jealousy, and obsession. Um, I'll be at the Brighton Fringe. I'm at the Buxton Festival and I'm going to be at the Edinburgh Fringe at the Counting House all through the festival. That's me. Queen of festivals. And what's what's your social media? Um, My website is charmianhughes.com and I'm at charmianhughes. The Charmian begins with a C and it's not chairman. Please. No. Please move your A's and I's around. Not Chairman, Charmian. And Jane, where can we find you? You can pretty much find me on Uninvisibility. So uninvisibility.com, uninvisibility on Twitter, on all all social platforms. Uh, You can also find me personally on on Jane E on Twitter. Um, And if you're interested in... uh, in, um, restarting your career uh, we've got visiblestart.com and if you're joining interested in joining a platform as a society of women that are designing the second halves of their lives then i'm on visiblesociety.com so and, and, come and join yeah. us also i have the book invisible to invaluable unleashing the power of midlife women uh, written by me and carol russell available on all good platforms and uh, essential reading for anybody in midlife i can't let you go without one tip from each of you on how you have fun at work. Charmian. Um, I have fun at work by being well prepared and visualising what it's going to be like beforehand with a kind of sense of fun, Um, just seeing it as magical and lovely Um, and also taking a thermos of tea. Ah, sounds good to me. Jane, what's your top tip? I have fun at work by being absolutely 100% myself, uh, not being afraid to cause a bit of trouble, um, <laughs> but knowing that that is backed up 
absolutely by facts, figures, research and 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 experience. Brilliant. Super super discussion. Loved it. Look forward to doing more with you both and um, hopefully Jane is going to be doing some stuff with us this year. So thank you very much. Goodbye. Thank, thank you, Lim. Bye. 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 You've been listening to How to Have Fun at Work with Lynn Parker. If you like us, please subscribe, review and share. Chicken, 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 chicken.